tuned in to All Things Music, presented by Liquid Sound Records. Here are your hosts, Ryan Katz and Ian Illyrian. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the All Things Music podcast. Ryan, your host. So we've got a dual episode today. I'm excited to bring it to you. We interviewed Tyler Levinson from Afterlife uh, mid-June, I think it was. And it was like a half hour, so I didn't want to release a mini-cast. I believe that our episode should be at least an hour long just because it's good quality. Uh, and, and that's the kind of podcast from a long form. So I was kind of waiting and sitting on that one until we did another uh, interview. And it turns out uh, last night I talked to Andy Sizik of Monuments and Termina and all the projects he does uh, for around the same amount of time for like a half hour. So going to combine two episodes today. Uh, Ian was with us for the Afterlife podcast, but he was not with me for the Monuments one, um, just to clarify. But yeah, both were really good conversations. Uh, Afterlife played at the Foundry, so we hung out with them there. And then Monuments actually played uh, down the street from me in Akron, Ohio, and that was cool at the Empire Concert Club. So uh, really neat, uh, different conversations for both of them, but uh, really neat times, and uh, hopefully it's some good content that you enjoy. So without further ado, I'm going to go Afterlife first and Monument second, but without further ado, let's go. What is up? We are here, uh, man, like, what was it, 11 days ago or something like that? I was uh, coming out of the media room at So What Music Festival, and there's Tyler, and I'm like, oh shit, man, what's going on? Uh, and I was like, all right, let's do an interview at So What? But obviously, that was crazy hectic yeah. with logistics, and now he's here in my hometown, and it's just much easier, man, so yeah, man. good to see you again. Absolutely. It's uh, definitely not as hot as Texas. Dude, not remotely, and uh, it's one of those things where like, I like the heat. I've always liked the heat, but there's something to be said for indoor club yeah. shows where you can control the environment. It's going to be hot in there tonight, I guarantee it. Last night we played in Louisville or Louisville, however you want to pronounce I'd it. I'd say Louisville, it but was I might so be wrong. Hot. Like I've noticed it because like I, I wear a jacket and I see like it's like not sweat, it's like salt. Yeah. When it comes through the jacket because of the heat, and oh. I've been noticing that more because the shows keep getting hotter and hotter. Maybe because like they're more packed each night. Sure. I don't know, but it, it's definitely getting hot. That shit reminds me of uh, when I was a teenager. I worked at uh, Wendy's, you know, right. doing the jobs everybody does, and like you would. I would be like the fry guy or the yeah. nugget guy or whatever, and I'd stand in front of this hot ass Oil. whatever, yeah, for for six hours, and then I'd come home, take a shower, and when the shower water hit my mouth, it tasted like fucking fries. I it. And it was the grossest shit, but I'm sure that's the same shit as yeah, the I mean, fucking I, stage. I I worked at McDonald's when I was like 18, uh, worked there for a bit. I've had probably more jobs than people could imagine. <laughs> HIPAA certified because I was a pharmacy technician oh, at wow. one point done manual labor i've worked in call centers i've worked in uh, everywhere to be honest i was talking about to uh little lotus at so what and he was telling me how he was a certified forklifter i believe it yeah and i was like how'd you do that he's like i just faked it like he didn't yeah, you can get a fucking certification online like they could, like there's people who print out fake high school diplomas and stuff like that online and it's, it's it's honestly truly funny that's insane i mean if you can game the system like that then fuck anything is possible on the internet that's true you can, you can be ordained you can minister minister anything, yeah anything on the internet absolutely so we were here this is cool cuz we were here uh 2017 i want to say you might know the date better than i do when Kane Hill came on their first headlining tour yep with sharp tooth sharp tooth and you guys yep. Was that it? Yeah, it was just us. We were opening that tour. Mm-hmm. That was that was insane. That was uh, 
Yeah, it's funny because Ian, I'm actually here with Ian today for our listeners. If Ian has not been with, say, say what's up, Ian. Yo, yo, how's everybody doing? Yeah, he wasn't with us, so what, but he's here today. And something that you said that night, because we were both, being completely honest with you, not familiar with Afterlife, and Ian was like, that guy looks like Ghostman. Yeah, I've gotten that before. Uh, Draco Malfoy, like, <laughs> the slew of of characters with long, hair. Yeah, long, blonde, white men don't yeah. are uncommon. You have, We're what, you have blue eyes, too? No? Green eyes. Green, so that's I've a little gotten, different. I've like, also the, the, the twins from The Matrix. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's always good. And it's a cool thing too because Ghostman is from like our hometown. Like I grew up with Eric. Really. Music scene. Um, him and my guitar player Andrew. Uh, it wasn't Andrew's band, but Andrew filled in for Eric's hardcore band back in the day called Nemesis. Okay. And I've heard that name. So like, we know him just from around. I I haven't kept in contact with him lately because you got to get a picture with him. Hard just to cause... reach. He's he's very off the grid. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's from West Palm or, or Lake Worth, to be exact. That's dope. That's really cool. So when I when I saw that you, well, I guess we were talking about it on Twitter, but uh, when I saw that Kane Hill was going to have their second headliner, it made too much sense for yeah. you to be on this. Like, That's cool. It, yeah, I mean, it's it. You guys, I don't want to say you guys have come up together because your paths have been different, but I feel like it's it's one of those things people are always like bands bring their friends on tour, but yeah. it's not it's not a bad thing. I think that's no, a good thing. It's definitely cool, and, and, and we've seen a lot of people at these shows that were at the original headliner uh, with Kane Hill, Us, and Sharp Tooth, and it's cool that they stuck around, because that was nearly four years ago. Right. And they said, we haven't seen the band since. I was like, how the hell did you, have you not seen the band since? Like, we've done, in 2019, to support Breaking Point, we toured, like, 19 countries. <laughs> between <laughs> That's nuts. The Octane Tour with Like a Storm, Ice Nine Kills, Miss May I and the We're Alive, Fit for a King, Polaris, Europe with... Being as an ocean and, and rise of the North Star, then back. You know, it's like yeah. we were we were just about everywhere in 2019, and for people to say they haven't seen the band in four years, and the last time I saw the band was with Kane Hill, it's kind of like a full circle moment to where they see us now on this tour. We're, we're both bands that are significantly larger, and it's just cool. Yeah, it's very cool. That's sick, and and it's it's uh it's neat that you guys, as far as musically goes, it's Afterlife. <clears throat> you guys put out such a different, diverse catalog. From a genre boundary standpoint, I guess, like you've got ballads, you've got heavy tracks, yeah. you've got everything. And it it shows in your tours because you can tour with Like a Storm and also yeah. tour with Rise of the North Star. Those are completely it's, different bands. It's like one's a hardcore band and one's like a, an active rock band. Right. And it's it's cool because I I love the diversity that we have within our music where, you know, considering this tour, we have just absolute banger after banger for the set list. And it's showing in these crowds because, you know, there'll, there'll be there'll be people who come up and, like, you know, I'm not really into heavy music, but your softer songs really won me over. And, and it's cool that we can include those into the set because we could just play nothing but breakdowns. But we, we kind of decided as direct support we want a very dynamic set to kind of basically capture that crowd on this tour. And Wit tweeted something today, and I wonder if it applies to you. And I disagree with him saying it, but he said, uh, I need to come to... Uh, come to terms with the fact that we're a watch band, not a mosh band. Well, I, that doesn't make sense to me. I mean, this shit's I mean, fucking heavy. I get where he's coming from with that <clears> because <throat> they, they do have a lot of moments in this set and considering the light show they have, it's it, it just it's very enamoring. Mm -hmm. you just want, you're just watching the show. It's like a, it's a very cool show. Regardless of the riffs and the breakdowns, like it's, it's something you just want to watch and experience. Um, 
I feel this, you know, I feel the same way about us as well. But we, we're definitely bringing the the pits. Not that they don't, but like I think their show has kind of evolved into something that is more than just seeing a band live. It's sure. it's, it's an experience, and and I hopefully they agree with that and don't hate me for that. <laughs> no, I it's, would I would say so. It's it's to the T thought of like it's it's calculated meticulous right good show well and you talk about live shows i think something that you've been able to experience uh, especially recently i've I've seen you guys get a lot more placements on like dwp events and and so what and stuff so talk about kind of like we 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 say full circle four years ago that wasn't necessarily a common thing for you guys and so one how did how do you get to that point and two does it kind of change your perspective on on when you bands generally will do things maybe a little differently if they have a crowd of five thousand people rather than a crowd of 500 what um so when we first started we got honestly no looks from octane no looks from any of the major festivals so we just kind of thought about it like you know we just have to to do it without you know do it without it and we did and then um you know, Octane really started supporting the band in 2019 with our song called Throat. It went three times number one on Octane, and it was just very supportive of that record. Coming into the new record, Part of Me, they spun Part of Me, and they spun Wasting Time, and, and a bunch of other songs, and that kind of opened doors to that demographic of the rock crowds. So then, uh, when Danny Wimmer came into plays, we're very active, or I'm very active, in the, the fan pages online. Right. So we, you know, have kind of built the fan base through that, grew those people to kind of request the band, and that's honestly really how we got on these festivals is fan demand. So DWP offered us, uh, and well, more so invited us to headline their pre-party last year for Welcome to Rockville. We did it, and the show was insane. And then right after that, we were invited to come back and play Rockville this year, which we first band of the day on saturday on the rockville stage biggest stage we've ever played and the crowd was massive for the first band of the day and and there was no one like you didn't have to be there to watch us but i i think it really spoke volumes that the people were there and it's cool like i, I think once you start doing stuff on your own and really creating noise on your own that's when people start to notice like i almost almost prefer it that way because it's not just like a favor or it's not right. just it feels more oh, earned yeah like yeah. you know oh, we're just getting this because of this. Like, I think we work really hard at what we do and, and everything that we have done and will continue to do is, is because of hard work, in my opinion. Is, is there a lot of pressure when you're, when you're invited to something like a pre-party and you know, like, okay, this might be, this might be the shot to yeah. make, make, a, make, a, make a difference and, and maybe we'll get invited to the real deal next year because we're going to you know, have a, a killer show. Is there, is there added pressure to that or is it just you yeah. just go into it? I think... I think there's pressure when it comes to any type of situation like that because you always want to be the best you can be. And um, when we were invited, we we knew the opportunity. Like we're headlining. It's at night. Like you know, it's for the campers. There's nine thousand campers at these festivals, and so we you know we cultivated the set list. We made sure that the, the band was well oiled. We have our front of house. We have an LD, which my friend at the time, um, not at the time, my friend Alex was at the festival. Mm-hmm. And he ran lights for us. And I think just, I know which, which Alex is talking Rungle. about. Yep. It, uh, it just brought a whole new element to the show, and, and I think we really won them over, and, and hopefully that's why we were able to come back. Do you think now that you've become a proven commodity that, I mean, the arrow's pointing up, and you, and you it, as an artist, you have to be, like we've talked about, calculated on, on remaining relevant. Yeah. Uh, do you think there's now more of a concerted effort to do that, whether it's, 
okay, maybe we need to start releasing music more often than we were, yeah. or, you know. Well, I think right now the consumption rate is absolutely insane. You put out a record, it's over in three months, no one cares. Yeah. So I think what a lot of labels are doing now and a lot of bands are doing now is they're kind of shifting focus to let's capitalize just on one song at a time. Because mm -hmm. look at TikTok, you have one song on TikTok and that will make your career. Are you guys on TikTok? We are, yeah. Hey, is it doing well? We, I mean, yeah, we have a few, like almost 10,000 followers. Okay. And, uh, we're not doing any dances or any of that shit. <laughs> like, you know, we we kind of find a niche way to, to market our band on there. Um, and I was a non-believer at it at first. I was like, you know what? I'm not getting on this shit. I would say for TikTok, is because Ryan's on there, but I've been thinking about getting on there, and I make electronic music mm -hmm. and stuff. Ryan does. Have you ever seen his band before? His band? Yeah. yeah. Did you know he was? Yeah, it's really good. You have a song with Jaden from Silent. Oh, my right? old band. That's my old band. Oh. Well, I, I, plug, I, plug your I new am, band, and I want this back. I am okay. Yeah, I've been seeing it regardless if it's the new band, old band. Like I see it. Well, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I was an uh, audience of Rain, and then I left last summer, uh, and I started a like a like that was like active rock, right? Mm -hmm. And then I started a project in the fall called Kill Streak, which is yeah. just brutal deathcore. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I don't know where you're going with that, Ian, but thanks for the plug. At ten fifty six. But um, 1056, the that, band? That, he put a little compilation on TikTok. This is where I was going with mm -hmm. this. Was Ryan knows he's been getting on TikTok and been doing well with it. And he's yeah. been pushing me to do it. And um, he put together a little compilation from his music video where they 1056. He was wearing a 1056 shirt. We, you know, all the reactors like uh, Hardcore Keem and and Too Lit and those guys. I think there's like 10 reactions, and I was wearing in the music video 1056 shirt, and every single reactor said. The first thing they said was 1056, so I made a little montage, yeah. but it went off on TikTok. Yeah, like, that's really. just a little stuff that you can do, for sure. There's, you know, our, our photo and video person on this tour, Anna, she went on tour with Wage War and mm. was on the Slipknot tour, and she was doing content for them. And um, it, it's one of those things where it's, uh, it's one of those things where, like, she made a, um, a video of a mosh pit where there's just squeaking shoes. Yeah, yeah. And it blew up on tiktok and it blew up for them and it's it's honestly pretty it's crazy like so it's so random and i was power. i was gonna ask you is like like a band that's kind of i wouldn't say like starting on tiktok but i mean how do you even start something like that that's like you know tiktok's known for dances and stuff yeah. you guys are a metal band how it's do you a, kind of work with that we kind of just I, what i was doing a while is i, I post a video of, of, of something of like our music video and it's like day one of trying to blow my band's music on tiktok <laughs> it's just like really cliche shit oh, yeah. but it works yeah. and it's one of those things where I just kind of do it and I was like, all right, well, I ran out of music videos and content to post. Um, yeah. But because I think a lot of artists are trying to like look how to get on things like that that are a little bit, I mean, like, well, it's just like longer finds. And like yeah. I'm on YouTube and I make like, you know, specialized like videos and stuff for my songs and mm -hmm. cool visuals and stuff. But like TikTok's a whole different, different type of thing that like has a band and has an artist how do you do it especially when you're older without sounding too cliche and like weird yeah you know <laughs> so like that's kind of where yeah exactly for me when i scroll on tiktok it's it's one of those things where it's most of the content is so cringe that you can't look away yeah it's like one of those where it's like this is so bad but i i'm why my why my watch but i'm not yeah. i'm not scrolling away so it's like it's, it's you almost pulls you in yeah so uh yeah, we'll, we'll wrap it up. But what do you got going on for the rest of the year besides, I mean, you got this tour. Do you write on the road? Is that something you do? Uh, I think we all try to write when we can. Um, 
for the rest of the year, we have Blue Ridge Rock Festival in that's September. Right. We'll be at Blue Ridge. Very excited about that. How do you think that's going to go? I know last year... It's going to be great. From you know, what I've heard, okay. and obviously internally, like I get a little more information than, sure. than like, the average person going. It's going to go great. Uh, it's a new location, great location. Mm -hmm. I've seen John at both festivals and spoke with nice. him about it. Yeah, he's a great guy. Um, and then we have another festival we're about to announce at this tour that's taking place in Orlando. Oh. And uh, I know we're going to try to do some writing in July. So Okay, so probably Studio some new music by the... Uh... I would love to put out at least one new song this yeah. year. That would be you great. Know, it's coming up on a year part of me, so I'd like to give something else to the listeners. Agreed. Uh, last thing for me, how, I, I, do you have astigmatism yet? Are you uh, still looking at bright screens all the time? Or oh, you... my God. No, <laughs> my vision is actually perfect, and it's funny that the bright phone thread on Twitter is so popular, and it's been going on for like five years the greatest years thing now. ever. Uh, Andrew started it, right? He did. Yeah. A fucker. <laughs> um, but yeah, but there's been no bright phone photos on this tour because I've been pretty adamant about it not happening. But maybe I'll let them get one or two. They're gonna catch you in 4K, man. You gotta, you know. <laughs> they, with the new iPhones, yeah. Uh -huh. Absolutely. Anything oh, else you want to say, Ian, before we wrap it up? All right. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Awesome. And well, I can't wait to check me. you out tonight. It's gonna be a blast. I'm excited. Sick. Thanks. So full discretion. Um, going and editing these, and I'm about to put on the uh, Andy Monuments uh, sound files into my DAW to edit it. And the sound is weird, so I'm like, what's going on? So, one of two things. We were on the tour bus, and the engine was running the whole time, so you can definitely hear that. And number two, uh, my shit might have not been plugged in right, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, the mics might have been messed up. I don't know what happened. Actually, Andy, uh, all good, but Andy dropped one of the mics before we started, so I don't know. I hope that's not the case. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, either way, it's still a great interview. Uh, I'm about to play it now for you, but... I uh, just wanted to make that clear so you guys weren't like thrown off on the sound quality. But enjoy the interview with Andy from Monuments. What is up? Ryan here. Ian is not here. My co-host, he had some things to do this evening. But I am here with Andy from Monuments, Turbina, all the fame. What's going on, man? Hey, Ryan. I am doing good. Just chilling here in Akron, Ohio. And I love your shirt. Oh, thank you. Yeah, okay. So I was going to wait a while to just bring that up. But <laughs> I got to be honest, you know, as somebody who out the years has bought band merch of all different bands something that really bothers me and i'm not going to name any bands throw anybody under the bus no pun but uh there's there's some bands that cheap out on shirts in particular uh uncomfortable shirts and i've gotten to the point where I, like I, yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like i i i want to be comfortable more than anything else what i'm wearing used to be like drip no matter what now i'm just like comfortable no matter what yeah and so I never ordered anything from you guys until I think I got this shirt last year. This is, this, this, the design was really cool. I'm wearing a monument shirt. You can't see, obviously, but uh, like extremely good quality. Thanks, man. Yeah, Brown always pushes for that high-quality material, and uh, it's good to hear that you like it, so it's paying off. Yeah, and it's fitting. Yeah. It's like, you know, sometimes, like, sizes are weird. Sometimes it's baggy or it's wrinkly this is like of course like i don't want to call it under armor because it's not that but it's like uh if cotton was under armor that's what it would feel like so yeah no this was this was a, a an easy choice and uh it's the other thing too is like people don't realize if you buy merch from a band and the quality is really good that's gonna continue they're gonna continue to buy merch from the band yeah yeah that's like i said brown thinks the same thing he gets me on board you know we, we usually have to charge a bit extra for it but hopefully it's worth it for the fans and it's yeah. definitely worth it for me when i can't find any clothes to wear and i <laughs> pop on one of our own shirts and yeah hey this is pretty nice yeah resale is everything yeah so you were just in europe correct indeed how yes, long we was that like um it was it was a bit split up so i was probably in 
you know, UK slash Europe for a total of about two weeks. Um, but we only did four European shows. We did France, we did some Germany shows, and then a couple days off, we scooted over to Finland for Dark River Fest, right. which was very sick. And uh, the next day, we went back to the UK, and from there, we flew to the USA to start this one. And the airline experience, so I saw, was oh, less man. than desirable. We've been having a lot of problems, yeah. Lost gear. Um, it's been a nightmare to track down, and just a litany of other things. The thing is, these uh, airlines are currently very understaffed, underpaid, overworked. So there's a, you know, a little bit less uh, sense of urgency and discretion, and shit's getting thrown around and, and broken or lost, and you know, um, it sucks. But we're here in one piece. Um, trucking through power did you on. find the gear that was lost eventually yes eventually we did it was located we had to do a bunch of stuff without it which was kind of shitty um but we made it work we borrowed some stuff from the venues and from other nice bands and uh now we've got it back so Hell it's yeah. all right and it's like when you travel as much as you do and, and i do travel a decent amount as well it's one thing it's like these airlines aren't like purposefully fucking up they're just inept because of all the reasons you mentioned yeah. so it's like hard to get mad at them but at the same time in the moment it's like oh yeah fuck you guys well the thing is on one hand yeah like you said um it's hard to get mad at them because of those reasons but on the other hand um some of the uh the damages almost seem intentional like we have these scott dixon guitar boats that are very, very well made, extremely heavy duty, and somehow, <laughs> like, they make the the gnarliest dents. It's like you almost you see have those to dudes try. on the tarmac like throwing. Stuff yeah, and in the that's plane. what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like the, that is going high in the air and then crashing down hard. There's no other way, unless you hit it with a sledgehammer. Um, we always find new ones, and you know when we open them up, the guitars are loose. And, and what's shitty about it is like. You have to complain to like you know whoever's running the desk or whoever is doing their like the online customer service. But at the end of the day, I'd much rather complain to the idiot that did that in the first place because it's really not like the other people's fault that that happened. It's the guys on the ground that are whether it's not trained or they're just being yeah. lazy. Yeah. Who knows who's to blame? Yeah. All I know is that it blows for bands. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk before we get into the monument stuff i did want to mention uh termina obviously your project with nick nocturnal who has been on the podcast a uh, friend of the podcast uh and the album what was that two three years ago was that last album that came out yeah um i actually don't know i want to say it was i don't think it was three i think it's been maybe two okay yeah and then you come out with a single a month ago uh yeah 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 about and a month ago that it, to me as a consumer seemed like a much different approach than musically than than the album was yeah was that deliberate I don't know um I guess our sounds just evolving with the times it's not something we were really like let's make this different um we just wanted to write some sick stuff and uh, with the first album we did it all DIY mm -hmm. and our goal was to not spend, you know, a shitload of money on that one. Do it all ourselves, so that way we could build up funds to do the second album right. You know what sure. I mean? And so we're working with some cool people. We've got Chris Turner drumming from Ocean's Eight Alaska. Oh, okay. Uh, we've got uh, 
Zach Cervini uh, doing the production, and who's a titan in the industry, and um, you know, just just a couple more talented people doing features. Uh, so kind of beefs it up. A I think bit. this one's going to be really special. Uh, we've got a new song coming out in hopefully a few weeks. Hell yeah! And then we're just going to keep putting out the singles intermittently until the album's ready, and then drop drop yeah. a new one. Yeah. yeah, it was funny when I uh, was watching. You know, I, I go on his Twitch every now and then, and he was doing. Uh, he was reacting to your music with Josh Travis, and he was like, "Yeah." Andy, where the fuck did this come from? I'm sure you saw it. Yeah, yeah, and, of course. And he's like, I'm about to text him, be like, what the fuck, man? Why did you do that on Termina? But then you came back, and it's almost like you... I, I'm sure that song was already made when he reacted to that, but I, like, it almost seemed like, okay, fine. <laughs> Here's some like more harsh shit, you know? Sure, yeah. I think I just write to the instrumental. Sure. I don't really think about, I'm going to purposely try to be heavier, to be heavy. It's just like, this instrumental has a certain energy and I want to match it and that's kind of what I did for the song. And I think that's why you're so good at being in multiple projects. You're like in four bands. Thanks, so yeah. you, you you don't necessarily, and I think that's a strong vocal quality, is, is you don't necessarily try to dictate like me, like not necessarily me first, but like I want this song for me to be like this. It's like, okay, they're going to do it this way and I'm going to add my specialty and since you're so versatile, you're able to pull it all off. You're able to pull off all different kinds of subgenres. Yeah, just kind of feel out uh, the tone of the instrumentals that that are sent to me, whether it be Monuments or Termina or Macari or whatever um, with Wander. Um, how does that make me feel? What real world uh, experiences can I apply to this? Or not even real world. Sometimes I like to write a little more on the lines of fiction. Um, but the goal is to just match the instrumentals' energy and uh, supplement it with what I can do the best of my abilities. One of the challenges that I would personally have, but I'm curious if you do, because of the four projects you're in and they're all vastly different styles within the you know umbrella of rock and metal, you ever, like, okay, I have to work on Macari, for example, but like I'm just not vibing right now, or Monuments, I'm just like, I'm not in that mindset, and you just kind of have to be like, when it's when it's right kind of thing yeah that's pretty accurate man i mean inspiration is not something i can necessarily plan it just uh strikes me in a certain moment usually at the most inconvenient times maybe i'll just be in the shower or in bed ready to go to sleep and something comes to my mind um but yeah just depends on my mood um right now actually the Excuse me, the Macari guys are in the studio working on our second full length. Mm -hmm. And I'll be going, I want to say December or January, to do my vocals. And I think after this tour and all of the energy and inertia of this tour dwindles down, I'll be ready to switch gears right. and get into that Macari mindset. Do you like writing on the road at all, or is that just something you like eh, to compartmentalize? I think what happens is uh, I get little ideas on the road, just stuff that pops into my head maybe something happened or like I said I'm just like trying to go to sleep in my bunk and I'll <laughs> jot it down but I won't I'm not going to try to write a full song when I'm on the road it's I don't have the energy um and like like we were talking about my mind is sort of in this gear and I want to put all that I can into what's going on right now and then when the time comes for me to work on the next thing I can switch gears and take those little tidbits that I wrote right. and apply them in a, a broader way. And the other challenge I would have 
at least me, I, I, you can speak for yourself, is if, if I'm in, like you say, Macari's writing right now, and you aren't really there to experience the writing process, they might send you updates and all that, but I would have the anxiety of like, fuck, I wish I could be in the studio and giving my two cents. Do you sure. ever have that issue? Yeah, I mean, this is the first time we've had to do it like this because our producer, Andrew Wade's schedule is very, very tight, mm -hmm. booked and full, and my schedule is the same way, so we had to work around it. I'm lucky that those guys are willing to make accommodations for me, but we did do a lot of pre-pro in our own studio before sending them off to the audio compound to work. So I'm confident that we worked out a lot of the the kinks and and little you know caveats um, before jumping into the studio. That being said, there's always going to be compromises that need to be made. Um, but it's not my first rodeo doing that because with monuments we were always working remotely, sending ideas across the internet um, until we were satisfied. So I think it's going to be just fine. We can always make adjustments as needed. Well, and you're working with a producer and engineer like Andrew Wade, so there is a, you know, he's one of the top guys he's in the best. In, yeah. in, in I this love, world. I love his work. Ever since we started with him, it's been like, I don't want to go to anybody else for Macari stuff. He really gets it, and I feel like we've been building a relationship and a, and a specific sound with him that he's helped us grow a lot, so we trust him with, with all our stuff. Definitely. Speaking of God-tier producers, Nick Gordon, how was that? Um, well, he didn't really take a producer role, but sure. he took, uh, a, I guess, a writing and programming role. So, you know, and I think there was a little bit of production on his end as well. Um, it was amazing. Um, he came up with so many ideas that just rejuvenated the songs and brought a new life to them. Um, and he's just super cool, super humble, easy to work with. We have a, a Discord for the band where we keep all of our ideas, sure. saying them back and forth. And he was just on top of it every time. We were like, all right, we got this, Mick. What can you do with it? He would hit us with some crazy awesome shit. Um, and it was just a really good interactive back and forth experience for the whole album. And he was there the entire time. Um, and then we got to work with George Lever for the production, for the the mixing and master, mm -hmm. or the mixing, I'm sorry, because we mastered with Jens Bogren. Um, but George is incredible. We loved him from stuff like Loathe and Thornhill and Sleep Token, and he really nailed it. He, I think he brought a great balance of dynamics and metal precision to the sound of the record. That's cool. And, and when it comes to, I don't even know about Mick first, but... Did, did he reach out to you guys, or was this right. more of a you know, um, mutual thing? He was friends with Brown okay. for a while. Um, I think Brown sent him a guitar, too. And uh, Brown is his company, company Riff Hard. Yes, um, I know about that. guitar teaching company, yeah. so they, they've interacted through there. And I, I think, I want to say, Mick was supposed to do the electronic sounds for their last that for Monument's last song for Nieces but then he he got booked with Doom Eternal so he couldn't so this was like alright let's try again um Brown reached out to him just for the song Lavos you want to be on this and Mick was like fuck yeah so we did the damn thing and then it was just like you want to do the rest of the album and he was like hell yeah and and here we the rest are this history yeah speaking of the album it's in in status status in stasis stasis yeah okay do you I, I already know my answer do, do you have a personal 
you know, now that it's grown on you and it's been out in public for a while, because it's one thing to like hold on to an album for a while and then you get close to certain songs, but then when you play them live and you see like the reception online and all that, your perception definitely changes. Uh-huh. Do, you, do you do you have a, at the moment a favorite track um, on that album that you're like extremely proud of? Yeah, the song "Opiate" really speaks to me a lot. I I love that one. I like to play it, but also just I like to listen to it. I think it has a lot of cool interesting ear candy um and mick gordon did some really cool stuff on it i also love playing cardinal red because that one just goes <laughs> off it's fucking sick um but opiate is that deep cut that i really like so my favorite as you mentioned is cardinal red um really for a few reasons but correct me if i'm wrong the song is about the corruption in Catholic Church? Is that... Sort of. Sort of, Yeah, yeah, let's break it down. Yeah, please. So, I was raised Catholic, Mm -hmm. and I didn't have a good experience, so that concept is is very deep-rooted in me. me. I have a lot of strong feelings about it. However, the song itself is more about Castlevania and Dracula. Did not see that coming. So, if you've (laughs) seen the the anime on Netflix, Castlevania, uh, basically, Dracula falls in love with a scientist... And then she is burned at the stake for being a witch. Sure. And Dracula's like, I warned you, and you know, now that you did this, you got a year, and I'm gonna fucking bring all my minions from hell and wreak havoc. And they they didn't believe him. They they just were like, ah, oh, whatever. And so a year passes, and he just fucking uh, scorches the earth. Um, however, my own personal experiences with the church and my beliefs and my feelings tie into that so I didn't want it to be fully like inward writing I wanted to do a hybrid of fiction and reality and my own experiences and I think almost I felt like I was channeling the anger (laughs) of Dracula himself um and the corruption of the church um Brown also I think he came up with the title Cardinal Red even before uh I had the lyrics because he likes to write his riffs about something sure and he's like this is what I was thinking and I was like, yeah, I know exactly what the... Like, I've got plenty of feelings on that. So, culmination of, of things. Okay, yeah. that's cool. And then, the Spencer feature. In Arc Essence, yeah. I feel like that... Yes, in Arc Essence. I feel like that probably has been planned for a while, perhaps? Yeah, not really. No? Um, We knew we wanted a sick vocalist on something. And this song, Arc Essence, came about. And there was just a section that I was like... I could see Spencer Satella being <laughs> sick on this part. Um, I think he has the energy. And he's a longtime friend of the band, Brown, right. etc. So we just hit him up on a win. And he was like, hell yeah, I'll do it. And a couple days later, he sent us the tracks. Done deal. I guess I said that because, you know, from a, from a consumer perspective, you have kind of the OGs, two OGs of the gent, or whatever you want to fuck call it these days. Uh, and it almost made sense, like, how did this not happen sooner? Well, actually, Spencer is on the first Monuments oh, okay. full-length Gnosis. So okay. bringing him back was also like, let's do a full circle thing. Sure. Um, and that was, it was just perfect. It felt like we we were coming back to the beginning of an era with that one. Now, when did you, when were you asked to join? I'm, I'm trying to get my I want to say 2018. Right it could okay. have been 2017. I'm, I'm having trouble remembering my stupid brain. But basically... Uh, they asked me to fill in on some European shows and then a South Africa run. And I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> and during that tour, they were like, you want to join? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, so 
2018, let's say. Okay. Was it kind of like unreal as far as, you know, this Definitely, man. might be the biggest yeah. thing you've been a yeah, part of? Yeah, yeah, it was huge for me. Um, and I've always, always wanted to front a metal band. I've always wanted to, to scream and, and all that live. Um, and before then, I'd only been with Macari and a couple other groups where I, don't, I could only scratch the surface with that sure. kind of thing. And I wasn't sure if that was ever going to happen for me, but um, yeah, when they parted ways with their previous vocalist, Ollie Steele, former guitarist of, of Monuments, uh, hit me up. We'd been friends for a bit on the internet, and they'd seen my stuff on YouTube with Sumerian Audition, and um, I did a cover of one of the Frenesis songs, so it made sense, and uh, it was it was great. I've been listening to Monuments for a long time, yeah. so cool dreams coming true type Absolutely. stuff. Uh, talk about the internet for seconds. Like you said, that's kind of how the connection came to be a little bit. You are somebody who, you know, I follow from afar on Twitter for probably longer than you've been in this band. Um, and something that I actually like like about you that is is some, it's kind of a weird thing to say, but it's it's very true. Is you're not afraid to like be vulnerable. Thank you, and, man. I I get embarrassed about it. But time. but it's not it's it shouldn't be embarrassing because there's a lot of people that go through like myself that go through the same kind of feelings that that you do, and when you put them out in the public the way that you do, it kind of gives us a, a, a coping or a reprieve or whatever. It's like, okay, Andy's dealing with that too. Like that, and and it's not just me. And it's and it's it's cool that yeah. you you know and and yeah we all we all have our moments of overreaction and, and, and impulse impulse yeah, and venting sure. and whatever but at the, at the end of the day I'd rather somebody like you be like that than the other way around and just stoic and non-emotional thanks man that means a lot to me that you say yeah. that for real because I wrestle with it I, I feel like I'm always treading the line of professionalism and vulnerability and real real realness whatever realism <laughs> um I don't want to be fake I don't want to pretend that everything's jolly and good and like musicians are are really struggling and um you know i get a lot of uh industry friends saying hey andy you might not want to say this because you got people watching you and and it's all about uh you know appearances and the sure. facade and i'm like but fuck that but also i don't want to i don't want to damage things for my for my uh, fellow no, bandmates i don't think you do that at all well thanks man yeah uh, no, it's I just hard it, and and I'm trying to find a balance. Sometimes when I have a really bad experience, I can't help but go off of about it and vent. And I get a lot of support, but then later on I feel bad because I don't want everybody to feel obligated to build me up and be like, it's okay, Andy, you're, you're the greatest, blah, blah, blah. Like, that doesn't... That's not my goal. No, no, no. I just really want to... And that's not really helpful get it either. Out there. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's, it's not. Um, but I do want people to understand that things aren't always as they seem this is not the 90s or the 2000s where, where musicians like us get loads of money and, and partying every night we can just yeah, yeah yeah that stuff no it's a microcosm that's not yeah. that's not real at least for us yeah um, I'd say most fans it's a that. grind we're at the bottom of the barrel a lot of the time and uh, it's just beyond the band stuff personal shit I want people to know who I really am, but I also want to maintain some sort of sense sure. of privacy. So yeah. it's a little bit of both. I appreciate you saying yeah. that. Yeah, and I think it's it's 
when people, when I hear you say something like industry people saying maybe you don't want to say that, blah, 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 to me, that seems like a very old school line of thinking. Uh, and especially, you know, 20 years ago, it was very common for men to hold, men specifically, to, to hold in their mental anguish, hold in their mental health. And I'm yeah. all about the opposite yeah. of that, which is the reason, a lot of reasons why men get you know into these violent tendencies or have problems at home or whatever the case is it's because they hold stuff yeah. in and, and bottling it up it inside. was always said you have to hold it in because you're a man yeah and i don't think that uh, it's not the case anymore i think there's a lot of you know uh, right you know awareness of that and uh, mental health to me is like whatever the coping mechanism is as long as you're not hurting anybody else do it you know yeah it's it's tough to draw the line it's a situational thing and not only is it like I want people to feel comfortable being themselves, men, but but also everybody in the music industry, yeah. not just you know because I'm a man and I need to be tough, but because there's so much pressure from higher ups and and just the industry itself to to play the game and and keep your mouth shut and uh, don't speak your mind about you know. Whether you're complaining about venue merch cuts, which is fucking horrible, <laughs> mm -hmm. or lack of support from maybe a, a higher up that's supposed to be supporting you, or promoters not doing their jobs, or this and that, um, I don't want to silence myself to appease these people. Yeah. But then on the other hand, I'm like, man, I wonder how much, <laughs> I wonder how many people I've pissed off. By being real, <laughs> so. But at the end of the day, I think tough. it's worth it. It's it, it's tough, man. Yeah. I I don't like I playing can't. the game. I got into music so I could leave it all out there. That's the whole thing. So, if I spend my whole life trying to do something and and be true to myself, and then I give in to this pressure of don't be true to yourself. Why the fuck am I even here? Yeah. You know? No, exactly. And, and like you say, there's a balance. But specifically, I want to ask you this because you brought it up. The merch cut thing has become, especially in the last couple of weeks, it's become uh, once again broadcasted. Yeah, Whether shout out to Alpha Wolf. Yeah, shout out yeah. Alpha Wolf. And even uh, my homie Moke from Florida Shore uh, said that they were just in Italy and they had to pay a 47% merch cut. Oh my God, yes. that's the worst I've ever heard. Yes, and he actually originally that's tweeted violent. that it was 57 and he said, oh, just kidding, it's 47 I'm like, that's not no. much better. Have you noticed, you don't got to put anybody on blast, but have you noticed merch cuts gone up since the pandemic definitely okay it's not just the pandemic it's inflation in the state yeah. of the economy but the pandemic has had a lot to do with that but yeah we are definitely still dealing with it regardless of how many musicians speak out these venues don't give a shit they it it makes no sense to me man None. it's like okay well we brought all these people out here to your bar to buy a bunch of drinks do we get a cut of the bar no so why are you taking from... It's reverse of what it should be, right. Like, give me a break. We already have to pay for the bandwagon, tour managing, techs, which we rarely have because we can't afford it, mm. um, the cost of the merch itself, uh, the overweight charges for flying all of our gear out here, hotels, gas, food, just to survive... The it's list brutal. goes on oh, yeah. and on, and then we we go to do our job, 
and the venues like, yeah, give us some of your merch money. It's almost like a bunch of venues got together and were like, how can we, how can we exploit this even it's further? It's a byproduct of vicious cutthroat capitalism, and it's not just in America. Yeah. Obviously, it's it's just capitalize on whatever you can, whatever you can squeeze out, and uh, yeah, mu- musicians are falling victim to that. And people don't realize how much tours cost as you just ran down. Yeah. I manage musicians for a living, so I talk to a lot of them every day, and I get a lot of requests like, hey man, I want to set up a tour. And I say, okay, we can do this, this, and this. It's going to cost you this. And they go, oh, just kidding. <laughs> and I'm like, people don't realize. It's not like you just pick up and go and like play. Is that what, that's the Hollywood, you know, kind of portrayal yeah. of it. Is you get yeah. in a van, I know. you go and you play and it's a great, but it's not the way it is. Dude, I have, I have done many tours in very broken vehicles <laughs> and 15 passengers. And it's like, do you want to live a barely comfortable, you know, not even comfortable, like unsustainable, inhumane life for like two months and make a little bit of money or do you want to have your sanity and pay extra and it's, it's tough man yeah, it's, a, it's a hard decision and yeah. my choice would be the uh, sanity <laughs> that's the thing is, is the older I get the less I can stomach it yeah. I'm almost 30 now the guys are over 30 and um, maybe when I was like 21 I wouldn't have a problem sleeping in the van every night and eating McDonald's and you know, whatever, not showering, but now it's, <laughs> I can't do that shit, It's also man. one of those things when, when you do this, when you do the bandwagon and the fun, nice stuff, you can't really go back, because you're like, man, I was spoiled, or, yeah, or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, well, I do, I do go back, because <laughs> I do this, and right. I go um, on tour with Macari, and we have a broken down 15-passenger van, and, yeah, so I'm still, we're still dealing with it. Hopefully things get better, but it's tough being a rock musician in this day and age. I feel like that's why you guys are on the road so much because you're just trying to sustain yeah. income. Well, well, here's the other thing is that our label has a huge, huge, huge cut of the the streaming revenue and the royalties and where all the money goes. And if we don't go out and tour and try to sell some merch, how are we going to make anything? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's wild anymore. I got a shout out to Karen. AK, President. Yeah, so... For those of us that have been following from afar on, on Twitter, we've seen how much she likes you and how much she likes volumes and all the bands that yeah, she's yeah. into. Yeah, yeah, she she's a, a gent god. Yes, that's, yes. And she finally got to meet you for the first time? Yeah, yeah, that was great. We met in, um, in Germany, in Hamburg, I think. And she also brought the band that she manages, Orca, okay. and they were fucking sick, too. Yeah, they're dope. It was just a really nice, wholesome, and beautiful friendly time yeah um lots of love in the room and they hooked me up with some cool swag some merch and uh yeah it was just really nice i feel like moments like those i'm sure you've had a lot more of them uh, kind of help you know ease the pain of of the bad part of touring the cool part is meeting all the cool people and making connections whether they you know it's somebody that you've seen online forever or even you can go deeper and, and networking maybe meeting other musicians that you collab with someday or, or whatever that I feel like that's a nice silver lining if you will of, of all the negatives that come yeah. across well I wouldn't be out here if it wasn't still worth it right so, definitely cool so you guys are on this leg for what another month yeah um at least okay 
like a month and a week. Yeah. And then you go home and you start doing Macari. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go home, work on Macari, work on Termina. Um, there might even be some Wander stuff happening. Okay. Um, so yeah. And you live in Florida? No, no. I actually no. live in Maryland. I lived okay. in Florida for a few years. That's what. But okay. I moved back to Maryland. Okay. I live in Baltimore right now. Is it is it strange? Especially like band like monuments. Is it strange kind of being the only stateside guy? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. It's a bit strange, especially at first. But now I don't really think about it too much because mm -hmm. I've been to the UK so much. It feels like a second home. That's cool. That's cool. And then, so Termina's got album coming out. Is there a target time frame for that? Uh, let's say six months. Got to give people some teases. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, like I said, new singles coming soon. We're gonna every month or two release a single. And also be working on the rest of the album. So, six months or so. I'd did say. you meet Nick before you joined Monuments? Yeah, yeah. How did you meet him? Um, the internet, man. Uh, Once again. I used to see his YouTube videos. He had one that was like, how to learn a metal song super fast, or something sure. like that, you know, in a day. And I was like, this is sick. So I reached out to him and I was like, dude, I love your content. And he was like, oh man, your videos are dope. Let's do something together. And we started working on videos and from there um the band came out came around yeah and that's a cool project too because that's it's not a label project that's a Just independent us. so you yeah. get to keep everything do what you want with it yeah yeah and we haven't actually pocketed any money yet because like i said all of the stuff from the first album was to pay for the second but hopefully after the second one yeah maybe we'll uh be able to pay some bills that's cool so before i let you go anything you want to plug in particular Links, merch, albums, anything Yeah, like yeah, that. I mean, just uh, keep streaming Monuments in Stasis. Um, Makari, uh, my band Wander with a V instead of an A, <laughs> and Termina. Um, keep an eye on, I do Twitch when I'm home, so please check out my Twitch channel. And yeah, that's about it. Rock on. I appreciate your time, Andy, and Thank you, don't Ryan. kill it out there. All right, Thank shout you. out to all things music. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening as always. That's a wrap, guys. I hope you enjoyed our dual episode. Uh, I can say, you know, I always like to preview what we have going on next, and half the time I'm wrong. So I can say confidently, next weekend we will have full coverage at Summit Music Festival. Includes artists like Impending Doom, Unearth, Dropout Kings, Breathing Process, etc. It's going to be dope. We're literally interviewing the entire lineup. Uh, so it'll be a really neat uh, experience. Go out to Summit Fest, check it out if, if you uh, are in the Northeast Ohio area. But it's a big festival uh, at Summit County Fairgrounds. It's going to be a good time, 2 p.m. to 11 p.m. It's just a whole day of brutal metal. So really looking forward to that. So make sure to keep uh, subscribing. Rate us five stars if you can. Follow us on all the socials. You know how it goes. Uh, but yeah, other than that, as always, we're out. We're out.